0: welcome to Chat With Us. The show that talks about all things health, wellness, life and business. I'm Rachel Dillon. And I'm Emma Dillon. And, and this, this is Chat, Chat With, With us. us. Let's welcome Shirelle. Thanks for having me. <laughs> the big welcome. We just put together that this is Shirelle's third podcast. So I'm pretty much, you would have started when the podcast was good. It went from move with us to chat with us. Mm. So you're on the journey with us I feel. I know I feel like I'm here with the evolution <laughs> and the rebrand um, but uh, same same quality I guess. Exactly, <laughs> exactly and honestly our community loves your content. Maybe selfishly I love your content too. <laughs> so tell us a little bit about what you've been doing since we last chatted? You're obviously here on the Gold Coast. How's work? Mm. How's the balance of everything? Mm. Give us a bit of a Charelle
1: update. Oh, a Charelle update. Well, thanks for having me on. It's so nice to sit down and actually do a podcast in person. I know it's like conversation rather than like Wi-Fi dropping out, which yeah. is which <laughs> yeah. is always a win. But yeah, I mean, like things have been nuts. Um, the first. one of the first podcasts, I guess I was talking about shift work uh, and nursing. And at the time I was working as a nurse and then now I'm transitioned um, like as a business owner and I have a a company called the Women's Health Movement, which is, you know, all about sort of coaching women um, health fitness mindset. So big pivot, but I'm excited to be able to talk a little bit more about like myths and some of the things that I do with a lot of clients as well. So that'll be super exciting. But I'm just in a grind season at the moment. Mm, yes, like first hustle. two years of business and I'm sure you've probably been through that, probably still going through yeah. it. Um actually, does it stop? Give me light. <laughs> it changes.
0: Kind of like you were saying before, like they're different hards. Mm. So the startup hard versus once you're in it a little bit. I think it definitely gets easier because you become less shocked by everything yes it's not like everything's burning to the ground yes you're like oh cool there's a problem but we will solve it and the whole business won't die
1: yes okay that's really good to know yeah that that (laughs) that comes don't worry (laughs) yeah so that's what I've been doing I mean this is our we're almost two years old so we're such babies such a baby of business world so (sighs) it's been so fun though like I love the fitness industry and the way that I guess it's moving more towards health and wellness and obviously with my background as a nurse and midwife, women's Perfect. health is something I'm really passionate about. So, I feel like I'm just like combining both of my worlds together and yeah, it's been fun, but just a lot of grinding. <laughs> and this is a question heaps of people
0: used to and still do ask me and I'm always a bit like, "But where do you see your business in in 3 to 5 years?"
1: It's hard to know, right? Cuz mm. things change so mm. much. I mean, if I even uh, like said 5 years ago, "Where do you see yourself?" it would not yeah. even be doing <laughs> this. That. So, I like I've always been someone that just didn't have a five-year plan yeah. even though it was like what's the five-year plan yeah, yeah. I'm like I just don't function like that I'm I'm very much like go with the flow yeah. so for me like if I'm doing something that I love and I'm excited to wake up and I enjoy the people I work with and like even this like I'm mm. like work, yeah, if this is work yeah yeah I mean that that's success to me so as long as I can never lose that because I think that's something that happens is a lot mm. of people they lose the love for training or they lose the love for what they do and I love content I love networking mm. I love the work that I do so to me it's just about if you can do that you'll always get further um, mm. than if you oh. were trying to push yourself to do something you don't love. Well, you're sort of like flexible
0: which is so important. Yes in business. Yeah. exactly. Obviously you went from shift working and competing which is absolutely crazy to now running a business Mm. and I guess still trying to film content and prioritize your own health and fitness goals. I know since I've been doing the long distance sort of living in two locations things uh, for me, I love fitness, but it definitely hasn't been able to be my main priority. Mm. How are you going balancing the two?
1: Yeah, it's a good question. I feel like when I was a shift worker and I was you know working five shifts a week and it was nights and AMs and PMs like I had different problems and different mm. challenges to what I have now whereas when it's your own thing it's almost like guilt mm. where you're like oh, I, I, I want to go to the gym but I actually need to do this thing that's more important that's sort of what I get in yeah. business so it, it's like balancing that but I just think of everything in seasons I know that I'm in a season now where like I just want to maintain my health and fitness rather than like really pushing towards certain goals Mm -hmm. so for me it's like a constant push and pull but something I've always done with my training is just minimum effective dose like I've always had a minimum style of training like four days a week maximum has always been my bread and butter for the last few years it's also where I've seen the most physical progress and I always like to change my training and like see how much I can get away with not doing. Yes. Like everyone tries to push things and do as much as possible, but it's like, well, if you can do less and actually get more or sustain where you are, why wouldn't we do it? So that's oh what I God. like to focus on. Okay, so I love
0: that so much and I'm going to share with you something that I found really related from fitness to business. Mm. So when you start your fitness journey, you're doing everything and anything and you don't really even understand what's working so you're too scared to actually pull back from anything Mm. it's exactly the same in business Mm. so when you start a business you're like i've got to do this seven times a week we have to do that we have to have this meeting we have to do that and you're doing so much and sometimes it's like taking a step back and actually realizing do we need an hour meeting every monday for this and then kind of pulling back and actually realizing the whole you know work smarter not harder it's very, very much the same. Mm. And that's something I realized in my business journey is I used to think the business would burn down and die if I didn't tick all these boxes. (laughs) And then you stop ticking a couple of the boxes and guess what? The business is still, you know, doing what it needs to do. And yeah, I feel like that was a lesson I learned that I took Mm. from fitness. That was very much the same in business. Was there anything for you that like helped with that? understanding because easier said than done, right? Yes. I think you have to be willing, like you're willing to take the risk to try new things in business. Mm. You have to also be willing to not, don't change everything at once, but take away one thing Mm. and actually see were we impacted this month yep. and then once and reevaluate and kind of reassess it. Um, but it was definitely something Toby taught me because I very much thought like I would put so much pressure and guilt and stress on myself if I wasn't doing X, Y and Z mm. each week. And then I realized, oh, and I pulled started pulling back from a couple of things and realized I could have more of a life outside of my work and outside of fitness. And Mm -hmm. I feel like that to me was like a big eye-opener. Get more efficient at doing things better than trying to do everything and kind of doing it okay.
1: Yep. And that's productivity, right, Mm -hmm. as well. And I think even with fitness that correlates a lot, Mm -hmm. right? And it's amazing how many lessons you can learn Uh, from one to the other and sometimes you have to zoom out and remind yourself of that. It's like, hey, remember how this lesson like relates to that area of your life? It probably does here as well. Yeah, and that's why I
0: always say, you know, fitness was the best thing and you would totally relate because it teaches you so much that you can take into other yep. aspects of your life. Mm. But honestly, Shirelle and I could probably chat all day. <laughs> <laughs> Today's podcast, I personally, again, selfishly, I love Shirelle's content and the way she kind of debunks myths that most people are kind of on the like, they're not sure whether they're mm. true or not, but the way you explain them and I feel like the way you deliver them is direct but also (laughs) it's an educated response so today I wanted to go through some health and fitness myths Mm. and kind of have you chat on them some of them are more known than others but kind of get your direct and educated (laughs) opinion (laughs) that I can do (laughs) (laughs) okay so number one I feel like this is very common especially for females Mm. something that I'm sure you and I once believed ourselves the whole if I lift weights, I'm going to
1: be bigger, muscly. Mm, yeah, let's, let's chat it. It is a very common one, yeah. right? And
0: it's still more common than you think. I know.
1: If I looked at all the myths that are out there, I'm like, oh, surely not. Yeah. Like, aren't we past this? Yeah. But we're not, right? Go on TikTok and you're blown away. I'm like, wow, yeah. people still think this stuff. And oh, not even just influencers, mm. do you know what I mean? It's it's coaches and it's very much geared from all the information and in the marketing from the 90s mm-hmm. that, you know, bless, they did a good job with the information they had, but a mm. lot of it's wrong, yeah. um, to be honest. So, yeah, with the whole lifting weights, making you bulk it's something that I still do get even with the clients that I work with that you know are really invested in I guess coaching Mm -hmm. as well they're not just getting into fitness some people even in that intermediate category can be a little bit uh, cautious of it but something I like to remind people is that like muscles don't get bulky they don't become toned or less toned Mm -hmm. they get bigger and smaller Mm -hmm. and it's really important to remind yourself of that because when there's people out there saying that like oh yeah like if I lift heavy weights I'll get bulky it's actually got more to do with their body fat percentage Mm -hmm. and I think something that people don't talk about is that when you first get into lifting right like you'll go through great body composition changes but there will come a point where you won't just lose fat and build muscle at the same Mm -hmm. time and if you keep building muscle but not improving your body composition as a whole as well, not looking after nutrition, not looking at the other areas of your life as well, technically you will get bigger mm-hmm. because you'll grow more muscle, but mm-hmm. that is not from weight training. Mm-hmm. Like that is not from the training itself. It's a combination. If you if you add body fat on top of muscle – it will get bigger yes. but that's not from the training mm-hmm. like we should be training hard we should be training heavy mm-hmm. building strength and that's not going to make you bigger that no. practice itself yeah and I always say I, I've said this many times on the podcast
0: but I still remember I would walk into a gym you know I think I was like 17 18 years old and I was like in the cardio room and then I'd like make my way over to the leg press and i would be like I'm only doing five reps because <laughs> I don't want to get bulky and I think back I'm like Rachel that's so offensive to anyone <laughs> building muscle because if, if you only. Think, Yeah. If only (laughs) it took five reps, but it was just so normal for Mm. girls not to, you know, I guess lift weights. Yeah. Now there it's so much more common. I still feel like there is this big gray cloud over Mm. the fact that people are then like, okay, well, what if I want to build muscle and keep my body composition under control? What's your advice
1: Mm. there? you need to train hard yeah. like you need to train with intensity like just trying to dial back your training because you don't want to get bulky is actually doing the opposite yeah it's not going to improve your body composition so the same type of training like I said muscles they don't get toned or, yeah. or less toned that's just terminology that's used for marketing more mm-hmm. often than not muscles get bigger and smaller right so there is I guess my favorite type of training is bodybuilding per mm-hmm. se like mm-hmm. bringing up different muscles and changing the shape of your body you can definitely do that but if someone wants to improve their body composition, for me it's about looking at Everything with a holistic lens. Recovery, sleep, super important. Like if you're not getting enough sleep, um, studies show that you won't lose as much body fat. You'll lose more lean tissue in a, in a deficit. So it's not just about the training. Mm-hmm. In fact, it's such a small percentage of what's important. It's nutrition, mm-hmm. which is super important. But then um, training intensity and then also recoverability. Like it's important to look at your body as a whole. And when you see the, that terminology floating around, it's just know it's a marketing lens. Yeah. It's not right or wrong it's just black and white like that's very gray in the middle yeah
0: I agree okay I come to you as a client and I'm like hi Shirelle I really want to get toned because that is always the the words that we like to throw around Mm. and I'm pretty much I'm new to to health and fitness what would the first three things you tell me to do in order for me to kind of start like going in that direction because sometimes I think as you just mentioned it's like sleep this that this Mm. to some people it's like wow that just feels so overwhelming yeah what are three things that I can do to start like going in that direction?
1: Yeah. Often I find when people have that goal, they're not being super consistent and compliant to begin with. Mm -hmm. So it's really hard to know what to change when you're not sticking to something. So the first thing I like to get curious about is like, well, what does your training normally look like? Like, are you being consistent and regular with that? Mm -hmm. Like when you say four days a week, is that four days a week every week or is that every second week? So it's about making sure that you're being consistent with what you're doing in the first place, but then actually training properly. Mm -hmm. Like that's a big thing that I like to push on because if people are wanting to get toned, they are usually under muscled mm-hmm. or I don't like this word, but skinny fat. Yes. You know, yes, they yes. they have their body composition isn't where they want to be because yeah. they're under fueling mm-hmm. and they're not training properly. Yeah. So that combination, you're literally just doing cardio with weights. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And you can't train properly when you're under fueled. Yeah. And I know that for a fact,
0: if I under eat, I find it very difficult exactly. to get in the gym and train with intensity. I'm kind of going through the motions. Choose one, mm. do two to three really good sessions over five oh, I moved my body five times a week but kind of like I was really tired and it wasn't the best session you yeah
1: know? yeah so for for me like if I had to say three things it would honestly be just be consistent in the gym mm-hmm. push hard yeah. like I love sort of teaching women how strong they actually are like training intensity and really actually showing them what progressive overload is Mm -hmm. like making sure they're doing that and training properly that's the first thing and then the second thing is eating enough protein Mm -hmm. I think that's such a low-hanging fruit that most people can do and then the last one would be sleep like I honestly would put that up there with one of the biggest pillars of body composition
0: and quality of sleep right Mm. so I am a I can sleep a lot. Yep. I'm a really good sleeper. But for so long I feel I was sleeping and waking up really tired mm. and I sleep with my mouth open.
1: Oh, I've seen yes. you taping your mouth shut.
0: Yes. <laughs> so I started, listen, I, I don't know enough about it. There's a bit of, there's mixed reviews. Yep. But I had so many DMs from people being like, I do this. It completely changed yep. my quality of sleep. There are pros and cons to it mm. that I've seen. But honestly, the quality of my sleep and my energy, I mm-hmm. feel like, because I wake up a couple of times a night to wee and stuff like that, but I'm hardly waking up in the night. I'm yeah. sleeping like really deep sleep. We're waking up like exactly like seven to eight hours. I'm mm. not needing that sort of nine or 10. So I also feel like sometimes it's
1: assessing your quality of sleep. Totally. Yeah. Super important. I mean, I used to geek out hard on sleep when I was a shift Did worker. You do a
0: whoop? Did you have the whoop? Or is whoop? it the whoop? Is it yeah. whoop or? I had an aura, aura ring. ring. Yeah, yeah okay. I had
1: an aura ring for a while. Um, and yeah, like I think. I think anyone that has that works night duty, or that is a sing, is a mum, or like mm. anyone where you your sleep quality and the is really important because you just don't have the luxury of yeah. having a normal routine. Like really assessing your like your sleep routines and everything. You don't need a wearable, but like like you said, checking yeah. in with yourself. Like yeah. I feel tired, but I'm getting 10 hours. Something's not right here. Yeah. And finding these little things because mm. they all do add up. And like you said, tape your mouth shut <laughs> or the nasal strips, yes. like getting more oxygen in. Either way, it's yeah. going to improve the quality. My
0: friend's partner uses those. Yeah. And I feel
1: like, because I've got a deviated septum,
0: so yeah. I'm kind of like, oh, maybe I should try that as well. Yeah. Um, anyway, I'll keep you updated. (laughs) (laughs) Um, number two carbs are bad for you mm,
1: yep oh those God. two together are, are pretty toxic the top,
0: the top two yeah I the feel.
1: top yeah the top two I mean this one's been around for yeah. like decades still
0: is if you look at a lot of packaging yes it's
1: always like no carb yeah zero carb yeah. I'm like why is that better yeah, yeah you know it's just loaded of fat and <laughs> yeah. arguably that's not <laughs> helpful calories. either yeah, yeah so I think ugh, I don't look I know this one comes from just marketing in the 90s mm. where low carb was the big thing like the the biggest God. loser era when all that Stuff that, yeah, and I think Atkins, yes, the keto, like I've had my keto era, like <laughs> I've definitely been there, yeah, um, but. Oh. Look, there's two ways that we learn. I think we learn through experience, through mm-hmm. trial and error, um, or we learn through role modelling and watching other people. Agreed. And when it comes to the role modelling people, the people that do push low-carb or, or keto or certain ways of eating, they're like people look up to them and they go, well, if it works for her, it's going to work for mm-hmm. me. But they're missing that trial and error and that experience phase for themselves. Mm-hmm. And like my experience, I only work with women, coaching women. My experience is that women actually respond better to high-carb mm-hmm. diets, moderate fat. And high protein diets versus the opposite. And sure, there's going to be case scenarios where maybe a lower carb approach is going to work. Mm. But if you're training hard in the gym, you need carbs. And that's the biggest difference. You're not trying to lose weight, you're trying to lose body fat. And that is very, very different. Like carbohydrates. Go into
0: that for us. The difference between
1: losing weight and losing body fat. Well, when you cut carbs, carbohydrates will make you hold on to fluid Mm -hmm. essentially inside your muscles. Like that's a good thing. They hydrate your muscles. Mm -hmm. And a more hydrated muscle will help it contract and will help you get stronger and also generate energy so carbohydrates are really important but if we cut carbs you will lose weight initially Mm -hmm. but it's just fluid you'll look a little bit flatter um maybe you'll drop a couple of kilos and then all of a sudden we're like oh this is working reinforced from the Mm. wrong metric Mm -hmm. by the way reinforced by the wrong metric um and that's just where it starts and i guess when you don't have the knowledge base the experience all the right mentors in your corner, it's easy to believe that that's the approach you should be working towards. But yeah, it's just not like, I feel like general weight loss advice for people that maybe are obese or need mm. to lose weight for health benefits, that advice is not correlated mm. for women within a healthy body fat percentage or BMI that want to build muscle, improve body composition. But we take advice from those mm. that category and put it over there and it's just... It's not one, one for all. No, sort of it's definitely not. Like we need to approach things in a very different way. And I know it's scary to eat more food, but even me, like I'm currently like right now 20 kilos heavier than when I first started lifting but that's if you put insane. the photos next to each other and I love doing that online being like you look incredible 45 65 yeah. like massive yeah. difference because again we learn through those two ways experience or role modeling and I think it's up to us and our generation that's unfortunately got the back end of the 90s yeah, but yeah. then also now where we do have all this incredible knowledge and we can say hey look don't take 10 years like I did to be able to learn this lesson.
0: Yeah, and honestly, personally, I've done – I've changed my macros. I've tried different things like, you know, I've done the keto and Mm. this and that, and always I've seen the best results when when I have a higher carb, higher protein and moderate fat. Mm. Definitely not low fat. I think all macronutrients are important, but also outside of that micronutrients because I also think the danger in today's society is we're so obsessive over macros. Yeah, I know there was a while there where I competed where I would – focus more on my macros than my micros. Mm -hmm. And I guess when I got out of competing, I very much started to think about my health and my Mm -hmm. wellness. And I do feel, although it's still smaller, this the industry is moving more to wellness at the moment. And I personally love that. I used to think I could never do any exercise outside of weights. I Mm -hmm. I needed to do weights. But then I'm like, I'm kind of getting bored of doing weights all the time. Like Mm -hmm. I want to try something different. I started doing a bit of running. I started doing some Pilates and I I like that as you were kind of saying before the holistic lens it's also great that we can teach people that you don't have to do one thing. Mm. You don't have to cut carbs. You don't have to weight train all the time. Like I think teaching people that finding what works for them and their lifestyle is super important. Mm. And that's definitely a shift I felt in myself since totally. leaving bodybuilding.
1: Yeah, me too, hands mm. down. I think once, and I see this a lot with clients too, I just think it's once you get more advanced, like push, pull, squat, press, like it yeah. just gets a bit boring. Yeah. You know, yeah. it's like it's only so many times I can overload this exercise. That's why like
0: whenever you do something new and you're like, this variation, I'm like, I'm on it. <laughs> <laughs> Anything a to
1: deficit? take a split
0: squat. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Anything to make a Bulgarian bearable. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, that's that's. Mature maturing in the gym yeah. right that's evolution that's getting curious about like oh well hypertrophy is one area of fitness mm-hmm. what about all these other skills mm-hmm. that I that I want to be able to learn and do because when you shift outside of just training for aesthetics and bodybuilding there's so many more areas that you can lean into and nutrition's one of them too right like I think so many people like you said they go oh I need to hit my carbs I'm just going to have like two tablespoons of peanut butter at the end of the day and you're like health like I don't know balance like right before bed is that is that helpful and yeah yeah, I think we go through phases like as a beginner we need to learn certain habits and frameworks and like you said Mm. a lot of information can be really overwhelming then once we become that intermediate phase we're like okay i'm going to hit macros hit targets progressively overload learn how to squat pull press all the movements properly and then once we get to this advanced stage it's about learning how to be flexible and auto regulate and not just be a gym rat not just live for the gym but have a life yeah and i think it's important to go through all of those different stages oh i feel like we're the same person yeah we've gone through the same pretty much the same journey
0: (laughs) Okay. Next one. The only routine you need, how everyone claims to have the answers and not everyone can do the same thing to have the same results. Mm. We love clickbait. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, it's social media, right? Like it's
1: yeah, it's always a fine line. Yeah. hundred percent. And look, anything that's black and white, you have to sort of have a little bit of a lens about it. Mm. And obviously like, you know, I I create content too. I understand that I need to get people's attention in the first five Mm -hmm. seconds if I want to educate them with the rest of the minute. So there is, there's nothing wrong with clickbait and being like the perfect routine for blah, 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 for who and for what. And I think consumers need to take responsibility as Mm -hmm. well. Like, yes, people that create content, there's also ownership there too, but it's a lot to do with marketing as well. And sometimes you need to get people's attention for them then to Mm -hmm. be able to actually deliver the value or push them towards your podcast or other things to be able to then put it in long form because that's the hard part, short form. You got 15 seconds, right? To try and get a message across and it's going to be right for some person, Mm -hmm. but it's about understanding that, everyone is unique Mm -hmm. and it's going to be the right routine for someone at different stages
0: yes it's a very I think also thinking that we can completely educate one person on one reel or one post it's not really it's not achievable Mm. you know you kind of need to strip feed information I think that as like a content creator that is kind of one of the hardest things it's like how do I get enough out in that small amount of time yep. to still interest them in an entertaining way because mm. it needs to be absorbable, yep. <laughs> you know, so there's so many
1: factors that totally. go Absolutely. It. I mean, social media is entertainment yeah. more often than not and you shouldn't really be getting all your education from social media. No. I mean, I love podcasting and that's why I do have a podcast and I like going on podcasts because it gives you an opportunity to really explain Absolutely. and as someone that's listening to a podcast, you're doing the dishes, like you're going to listen for that time to get the yep. full message but social media – It's not where we should be getting all of our education from. It's where we should be getting tasters of certain things, Mm -hmm. but you shouldn't be doing all of your workouts from social media or saving everything. And you would know, you put up a swipe and save, thousands of saves. You're like, wow, (laughs) people are genuinely saving. And that's fine. Do you know what I mean? Like doing something's better than nothing, but it's important to know, like sure for a quick workout, but if you're relying on social media as your only platform to get Mm. knowledge, you're going to be severely let down by your progress. Yeah.
0: I couldn't agree more.
1: Structure when it comes to, that's probably
0: another thing, you know, how you had consistency, protein. What was your third? Consistency protein. Sleep. Honestly, structure as well. Mm. Like not doing a thousand random things each week because I'm sure we've both been down that. That uh, rabbit hole too and honestly it's. You're constantly wondering. For me, when I first started, I had no no education whatsoever. I remember I would do body attack. Body oh, pump, how everything. many classes can oh, I do in a row? Yes. And it was like well, yeah, one, a- yeah. It's
1: like, well done, Cheryl. I've done twenty-four classes for the week, and you're like, great, I'm exhausted.
0: Yeah, <laughs> and I'm hardly eating. Yeah, <laughs> the only eat clean foods. Like honestly, and half a banana. <laughs> I re- I remember I bless I would take these little selfies and I remember I, would, I, l- I remember looking back at them and being like why is my body not changing like you know yes. and then the first thing that I I met my partner at the time and the first thing I changed was protein mm. I started to include protein in all my meals and weight training and my body changed in lit- in months like mm. t- like weeks nearly mm. I was shocked and I was doing nowhere near the amount of exercise yep. it's just. Yeah, unfortunately,
1: we end up doing a lot more than we need to. Totally, and I mean we've had to learn those lessons. it's why we do what we do, to be honest, because it, it's taken like a decade, honestly, yep. to get to that last stage where you're like, oh, okay, this yeah, is yeah. It's balanced. Only 10 years. <laughs> it's only a decade, guys. It um, doesn't have to take you that long though, don't yeah. worry. But I remember getting to the same place where I was working really hard and not seeing the progress. Mm. And I'm like, I'm spending five, six, seven days a week in the gym and I don't look like yeah, it. Yeah. I remember having this conversation with myself being like, I don't look like I lift. <laughs> yeah. What is wrong? <laughs> I and I noise. was that skinny fat yeah you know it's like I was under muscled and over training and under eating Mm -hmm. and it's like no wonder I don't look like I actually lift yeah (laughs) (laughs) so we've been there and I think that's the best part about what we get
0: to do now is like it does as you said it doesn't need to take you 10 years no okay you need to work out for at
1: least an hour to see results
0: What's your thoughts on time frame and working out?
1: It's going to depend, to be mm. honest. The more advanced that you are, if you're going to be lifting weights mm. and you know progressively overloading, et cetera, the more advanced that you are, generally the longer your sessions are going to take yeah. you. So, for example, a power lifter they spend two, three hours in the gym for one session because they have to rest so long yeah. between sets and maybe they have to do three, four, five warm-up sets to get to a top set. So it's going to depend on context yeah. of the workout that you're trying to do. But for me, like I love efficient training and I know I've seen yeah. like your busy girl workout stuff I love that sort yeah. of stuff because the reason why we take so long in the gym is it usually doesn't have to do with how advanced we are, do you know what I mean? Like you're probably not resting 10 (laughs) minutes to train a set like a power lifter. But being strategic with like the exercises that you're doing and the muscles that you're trying to work and the split that you're following and the supersets that you're pairing together, Mm. like you can save a lot of time. I personally, because I like to Mm. train hard, I probably spend, I want to say 60 minutes in the gym, but you definitely don't have to. Mm. And a lot of people won't lift the amount of weight that I lift at certain times as well. So it's going to depend, but you can definitely get away with with like a, you know, 30 to 40 minute session and make great progress three times a week. And I think that's something that a lot of people don't realize is that they might look at you or me or their favorite, you know, competitor Mm. and they go, oh, well, they spend five days a week in the gym. So that's what I must do. Mm. But you want to be able to get like the most out of the least amount of work. And you won't have to do as much probably as someone that's like a seasoned trainer. You can only overload so much in a week. Mm -hmm. So if you can get away with doing three days a week, please, by all means, like stick to that two days, even it's all about that minimum. Um, and timeframes it's going to vary, but the best workout or the best plan is the one that you can stick to.
0: Oh, I love that. Mm. Yes. I couldn't agree more. And I feel like that's one of the biggest lessons I learned as a coach Mm. is some of the programming we used to do going from different pieces of equipment, supersetting, triple setting, you know, and then I started to train in a really busy commercial gym and I was like, this is not actually achievable yep. for someone. And that really shifted my entire mindset and actually inspired me to do the busy girl workouts. Cause I was like, well, number one, I was really short on mm. time. And number two, I was just like, I've never been in gym so busy. Yep. And I feel like this is peak times kind of what people are dealing with. Yep. Um. So I really do think that you can still like for me personally, I like to move every day. That mm. doesn't mean weight train every yes. day, but that's a habit thing for me. I like to, it just, I find if I stick to the same kind of routine, my mm. habits like stay in check. But when it comes to weight training, I'm maybe
1: in the gym three times a week now. It's enough. Honestly, yeah. I just finished up a, like a three day full body split. I loved Ooh, it. I loved that. I loved it. I was like, this is, it feels different. Yeah. Added a run in because you can get that yeah. done in a, you know, a short amount of time frame. So when you do like, You have to do so much less work to maintain your body than what it takes to actually build it. Like once you've got the muscle mass there, like studies already show that you can do a significantly less volume and still sustain it. So I think it's important to go through different phases where you're not constantly pushing how Mm. much you can do and really focusing on, well, what can I get away with doing less of?
0: I always say this, I'm like, you know, we run challenges, but I'm like, you shouldn't be in a challenge all year round. Mm. You know, you should be in a program mm. and fit and have deloads, et cetera. But I was like, but once or twice a year, I like to put myself into a six, eight, whatever, and actually see what I can achieve, totally. you know, and whether that be small things like getting up early or like little challenges that I mm. incorporate, then I'm like, Rachel, you can actually do more than you think you can. Yeah. And kind of having those periods where you are pushing harder that might be a building phase or a mini cut or whatever Mm. you want to call it I think but that shouldn't be an all year round Mm. thing and I think some people we get caught up thinking we have to constantly be flogging ourselves Mm. and I'm like, it's just not, it's not achievable. Yeah.
1: And I think being a little bit more specific and focused with what you're doing as well, because if you can't work on everything all at once, and that's the, I guess that's the science of program design. Mm -hmm. Like if you're doing a glute specific phase, then do a glute specific phase and put every other muscle group on maintenance. Like it's not going to just melt away. You can do that. The same with running, you know, it's becoming a lot more popular. And it's like, you can't just add that on essentially and run three days a week lift four like you'll burn out like focus on that just lift a couple of times a week if you want to like it's just about being a bit more specific and intentional with what you're actually doing over a calendar year rather than all at once I love that and
0: I feel like it's literally like my year Mm. I always find these new things that I'm like I'm gonna try to get really good at that because I haven't done it but we need to chat how did you feel after your first run dead (laughs) It's so different, isn't it? I was like, me and Emma, because we did this 4K run in GC and I'd only been doing 3K, but you're with a group and you're all like, yeah, Yeah. like sprinting. Anyway, the next day I was like... Your hip flexes. You're like, what is that muscle? My ankle, my feet. And yeah. like, okay, my shoes weren't the best, but still. You're like, my upper back. Yes, that's <laughs> all. <laughs> I was like, why am I so tired? I was like, sleeping all day. Toby's like, yeah. Are you okay. <laughs> I
1: was like, I'm not.
0: I'm really not. Yeah.
1: Uh, so it's, it's, yeah, it's an interesting new totally. little Totally. Yeah. And like, I used to be right into running. That's how really? I got into fitness. Yeah. I used to do half marathons and no. I, I was actually pretty quick, but I was 45 kilos. Okay. So running with my quads now. Yeah, I was it's say like, it's heavy. Oh my like, <laughs> muscles, heavy! Yeah. I know what they mean now. Yeah. It's so different, and it's such a different area of fitness. Mm-hmm. And I think something that a lot of people can do is like you know how that quote, and it's like. Only compare yourself to yourself. Yeah. Sometimes that's the worst thing you can do. It's like, oh, I used to, you know, four and a half minute K's and now it's taken me seven minutes to do a kilometre. But it's the challenge, right? Mm. It's nice to feel fit. It's nice to try new things. And if we didn't, honestly, we wouldn't be consistent. And yeah. I think that's one of the things even with challenges, right? Like it's great to have things to ignite the fire yes. Because feeling demotivated is a symptom. It's Mm -hmm. not a cause and it's nothing to be shameful of or embarrassed and just be disciplined. It's, you know, it's a symptom of like probably getting bored. And it's okay.
0: Change something. Yeah. Oh, I couldn't agree more. I love that one. Do you need to fast
1: or detox to lose weight? Oh, this one kills me. (laughs) The detox. The The detox. detox. Yeah, look, that's what your liver's for, to be honest. You don't need to detox. But this is one of those ones that I, I specifically find with social media. It's a lot of like really intelligent. Intelligent people that like put out the wrong message about all the toxins and all the plastics and all the yeah. things, and it's like, do you work with people? Like, yeah. do you know their real problems? They just want to hit six thousand steps yeah, and yeah. drink two liters of water. So, <laughs> I think that the information is delivered in a scare tactic way, of course, um, for a lot of things. And look, there's there's reasons for fasting as well, mm. whether it's cultural mm. or digestive yeah. wise, and there's there's different things. But for who and for what? you know these things should not be done for body composition perspectives and that's usually what they are it's like oh if I fast then I'll lose more weight Mm. right it's like maybe just condense your meals and have three meals like why do you have to fast for 12 hours and make it harder than what it should be and then the same with all the detox stuff like the pills and the potions of the Mm. fitness world are wild these days but they're just all scams like none of it's tested none of it's trialed none of it's proven and who knows what you're actually putting in your body as well like we don't need anything besides you know Know, a couple of cups of water yeah. and extra sleep um, to make sure that you're actually detoxifying your body i feel like we don't give our body enough credit totally. for what it actually can mm. do
0: and we had our first ever dietitian who worked for us was very passionate on the detoxing okay. subject she was like we like we need to get rid of this and i was like oh i know she's oh, bring like, in the lemon yeah. literally she's like sleep and water like honestly what your body does when you sleep yeah is is honestly so impressive like the human totally. body is insane um but unfortunately again it comes down to just certain
1: information and how yep. it's
0: communicated yeah
1: absolutely and look like there's going to be certain situations where it's fine do you yeah. know what I mean and everyone's going to be different but they're not really the ones we're talking about So, yeah. like the extreme stuff yeah. where like people are shotting apple cider vinegar and just doing crazy stuff that's actually detrimental to your health in the yeah. long term so it's about always questioning mm. like and being curious and if it's like oh just because yeah. sort of answer like you know you know it's probably not the truth
0: I feel like you kind of addressed this one the whole doing more each week to get more toned Mm. um and see results I mean I'm always less is more I think as you kind of said there's seasons yes you know sometimes you will do more and then other times you'll know when to pull back um I guess when a client comes to you and they assume they have to do. Do you kind of start people on more or
1: less? Less. Yeah. I usually almost always take away training to start yeah. with because it's not, not completely. <laughs> it's like no training. <laughs> <I> do nothing. <laughs> um, yeah, it's not about how much you can do. It's about how much you can recover from. Mm-hmm. And I just find that of it's often a combination of underfueling and overtraining that just puts you in this – burnt out skinny fat body composition with low training intensity Mm. and just no energy and drive Mm. to do anything and they already show like when we're gassing ourselves in the gym and also under eating you're naturally going to move less throughout the day like your your NEAT levels are going to be on the lower side as well so arguably like eating more you'll move more unintentionally but Mm. your body will just naturally burn more calories because you're eating more Mm. we adapt that way so yeah I normally almost take away training it's always a conversation I have to have it's like look I know you're doing six days even five days, Mm -hmm. honestly – I am obviously biased, but four days for me is a pretty sweet spot for most um, people in terms of lifting weights. Like if you want to add some cardio on or some Pilates, like add it on. But in terms of lifting weights, like if you're training properly, two leg days, like remember when everyone did three? Oh, my God. How did we do that? We did a collaboration with the Glute
0: Guru. Mm. And if you wanted to do the most amount of sessions, it was three glute sessions a week. And I did it for the six weeks, but I was absolutely ruined. like. I don't think I could do that again. (laughs) Yeah.
1: And they're like high volume, high frequency phases, but people just live in them. So it's like do it for a short period. But if the volume's up, intensity has to be down, Yeah. right? Like you can't just always do more and keep the intensity high. Eventually it's a seesaw. One will come back down. So it's about trying to get away with the least. Mm -hmm. And I always find like two lower body days is more than enough to get growth because you can't just do more and grow more. Like it's sort of you can't force your body to grow more than what it's actually capable of. Mm -hmm. So I almost always take a little bit of training away and I'm like, look, I know it's going to feel uncomfortable, but go for a walk yeah. like go out for breakfast with your partner yeah. like have a laugh. Yeah, it's yeah. okay we'll be fine time yeah have some time they're like what am I gonna do I'm like sleeping yeah, yeah do you know what I mean you'll probably respond better just because you're dis- de-stressing right yeah. a little bit more so yeah and it sets you up for like success in the future because so many people fall apart when they get injured or when they go away on a holiday and they can't pull back they feel like they're going to lose their progress and it's yeah. like no no. like just drop back a little bit and prove to yourself that you that won't happen oh
0: my god okay so why we're on this topic I feel like we need to bring our up- steps Mm. because there was a while there was a stage there it was like 15 20k steps ridiculous Mm. me myself honestly 5k a day for me is good is really good so then I noticed I went to Europe on a holiday and I was walking everywhere Mm. and my steps would be at least 10 up upwards and everyone's like, how are you keeping in shape on holiday I'm like my body is not used to yeah. this amount of activity. Yeah. And so what I always tell people is like the more we do, the more your body yep. adapts. So right. if you, as you said, take away, you can always add more. Mm. But why would you want to continue to add and then be have this ridiculous maintenance yes. like of steps and movement and this and that? I just, yeah, your steps and how do you approach them with your clients?
1: Yeah, that's a good point because – a lot of people just try and move more and eat less yeah. forever and you just can't move more and eat less forever. Like eventually yeah. it'll tap out and you'll be like, now I have to eat really low calories and move a lot 20,000 yeah. steps just to sustain like a healthy body fat percentage or where I want to be. So, yeah, for me with steps because I've been in a similar situation when I was nursing, for example, I used to easy do 20,000 steps on the That's ward. Insane. Like I'd, my feet would be swollen at the end of the day. But – that was just my maintenance normal you yeah. know like our steps and our activity our body adapts really quickly mm. both ways so back in the day they used to say 10,000 steps for health and they've actually revised that and now 7,000 oh, so 10,000 isn't really um it's not realistic for a lot of people especially if you've no. got a sedentary job but it's also not necessary yeah. like I like to encourage steps as a way to like for for mental health, mm-hmm. like for for mental health in general, and just maintenance. Yep. So I like to encourage between six to eight thousand steps, if possible. Obviously, mm-hmm. if you can't do that, then that's okay. Your maintenance is going to be a little bit lower, mm-hmm. but there's no need to really push yourself because they're so time consuming. And I also think, well, instead of saying, "Oh yeah, twelve to fifteen thousand steps," I would actually rather add a little bit of cardio into yeah. your program so you can get some cardiovascular improvements mm-hmm. and overall health improvements, rather than just wasting more time going for a walk. Oh. Like it's just about they're just. Healthy habits that, you know, you need to find what's realistic for you.
0: And I don't think the comparison of people looking online at no Google steps at all. everyone so, just post no one's the posting watch. their
1: three thousand step day are they? <laughs>
0: no. But also the watches and like yeah, that, yeah the it, it can be a bit of a like dangerous yeah Yeah
1: totally. All. But yeah I remember when you posted and you're like yeah I only get like whatever four or five thousand yeah. steps. Like we need to see more yeah. of that because people only see the extremes. Yeah. They only see like it makes them feel proud. I'm like it's not really a badge of honor. Do you yeah, know what yeah, yeah. Like if you get twelve thousand <laughs> steps it's like good for you. Um but yeah it's it's not it's not a metric I focus on a lot. If a client's in a fat loss phase and things aren't moving and they're plateaued, we might look at steps yeah. to be like, well, if you're really sedentary like a couple of thousand steps and mm-hmm. you're trying to lose body fat, you might run into some hurdles. But in terms of like general overall health and wellness, it's not something I try and manipulate mm. because I'm like I want you to sustain the result that you get. So, yeah. the lifestyle that you're living right now, it has to all work together, yes. if that makes sense. Yes,
0: it has to be sustainable. Yeah, it has time. to be sustainable.
1: Yeah. Like, if you're trying to do 15,000 steps to lose weight, then you've got to sustain that mm. as well. Agree. Oh, I loved that one. You can train away your hip dips and get a thigh gap. Oh, God. Thigh gap. That was, Surely
0: it's not still. It a big actually
1: thing. is, right? Oh. I mean, look, TikTok. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> See I mean I'm that, a massive scroller on oh, TikTok. Oh, die! I'm. I've tried to do some of the reaction videos. I'm like, I can't. I feel so bad. Yeah. I mean, like, I'm like, I just. I, we need to educate yeah. in here. But hip dips are normal. It's the same as the thigh gap thing. I mean, that would have been like our, our oh, era growing massive. up. Yeah, like you can't train for a thigh gap. No, um, it's a structural. It's a structural yeah. thing. The same as like a hip dip is pretty much just where your femur meets your pelvic bone. Mm. And the leaner that you get, right, or mm. the more muscle that you develop, the more obvious it becomes because yeah. our I, glutes are that butterfly shape so I like
0: a hip dip I I, I thought it was hot yeah yeah, I
1: was like I was trying to flex my hip dip and then I was like oh this is not cool anymore Uh, it's not a thing (laughs) yeah but I don't know I mean you see these things pop up and it's like don't like your hip dips do this and it's like this weird lateral lunge that makes no sense that's their adductors I'm just so confused (laughs) but yeah again marketing I don't know who's in control of these things but we as the consumers or Mm -hmm. everyone listening to this it's just about being really critical of yeah. like who you're taking advice yeah. from these days because we live in a world with so much information. Um, we no longer have a lack of knowledge around us. Mm-hmm. It's just about who do we actually listen to. Yeah,
0: yeah, I agree. Oh, TikTok, it's bringing back so many, I know so many myths. Sweating more means you're losing more weight and burning more calories. Mm, this is still a pretty common yeah, one. Yeah, I see this one a little bit. Yeah,
1: I mean, high intensity interval training became really trendy. Mm, really trendy. Maybe what? Oh, I don't even know. Probably like five ten years yeah ago, it's, probably to, been, it's been around for a while yeah, yeah. and it, it goes through waves like it's, yeah. it comes back up and you're I like feel like oh. that's
0: like me with it i'm yeah. like yeah i'm gonna do sprints
1: i'm like I'm mm. never, don't do sprints for like four months <laughs> Yeah, but true high intensity oh. interval training is absolutely nuts Insane. right like i i almost always vomit when yeah. i get taken and i physically can't push myself that hard i actually need someone to do it yeah. like push yes. me yeah um but Sweating is not a form of progress. Mm. It's something that we just naturally do when our body overheats. Yeah. So I think a lot of people think this because burning calories is sort of labeled incorrectly. Mm. To be honest, but when it comes to sweating, it's also a genetic component. Like I was I'm gonna physically say, not a big sweater either. Yeah, I hardly
0: it's, I sweat a bit more now. But like growing up, I did not sweat. My mm. mom would always say like, "What's wrong with you? Why are you not sweating?" Yeah, and she's like, "You're always just like no sweat on you." I don't know. It was
1: really strange. Yeah, but I'm the same.
0: Yeah, it's genetic. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Whereas some people are just really big sweaters. Yeah. My my mum. Yeah. Oh, poor mum. We're like, why are you sweating (laughs) right now? It's like 12 degrees outside. But yeah, some people are just big sweaters. And honestly, if you're trying to build muscle or change your your shape, of your body, or your body composition, you don't really want to be out of breath and sweating anyways. You actually want to be resting between sets and everything too. And for me in general, cardio is for heart health. Yes. It's not for weight loss. It's not for fat loss. It's for mental health heart health and like cardiovascular changes. Mm -hmm. And that's the way we need to be looking at it. So if you're doing high intensity interval training, you should be tracking your heart rate. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, how do you know if you're actually pushing yourself to your max because I've surprised myself I'm like surely and I'm like 70% I'm like why do I feel like I'm dying so you know there needs to be a more intellectual approach and some people are starting to do that like I Mm. see different types of classes like BFT starting to do it whereas traditionally it used to be just go as hard as you can for 60 minutes and it's like hang on that's not even physically possible possible yeah no Mm.
0: and also it's like Why would you want to sweat more, more hair wash days? Oh, it's hard enough already. We really need to consider that. (laughs) No selfies at the end. (laughs) Yeah, so many girls, how many times do you wash your hair a week? I'm like, actually not that many. As minimum as possible. Yeah. Yeah. Avoid sweating. Yeah. So we have recently launched a 50% off for all healthcare workers Mm. on our Busy Girl Challenge. And I guess we kind of wanted to understand from you when you were in the healthcare system, what was the biggest challenge to being able to prioritize your health and fitness?
1: Mm, I think honestly one of the biggest things is organization. Mm. Like if there's one thing that – I'm grateful for that chapter, it's how much it taught me about organisation and time management. Like you don't have the flexibility just to pop into the shops after (laughs) work, you know, when you're finished at 6am or something. So it taught me to be really structured um, and not look at like my day but my week and it's like, well, when can I auto-regulate my training and fit it in because I don't really want to go from a late early to a leg day, you know, and it's okay to do that and I think in a world where it's sort of, pushes perfectionism of being like, oh, legs are on Monday you know upper body Tuesday like it's not possible it's like if you have to do back-to-back leg days that's okay because it's your days off and you know you're gonna have more energy then that's fine Flexibility, yeah flexibility organization and like you said like quick sessions because often if you're really tired something is better than nothing and it's easy to get into this mindset of like well if it can't be perfect and it's not at this time then I'll just won't do it and I'll do it the next day yeah but we need to you know there's times where I've had to you know, go to the gym after a night Mm. duty. And it's not, it's not about the physical progress at that stage. It's about the resilience. It's about the message you're telling yourself. It's about, I do the things, even if I don't feel like it. And that's the piece that you need to have. So being organized, but then also being flexible with your structure and making sure that what you're doing is efficient, super important.
0: Yeah. I always say, um, those steps kind of, it's how you build confidence. Mm. It's doing what you say you're going to do. Um, and I think that the, for all industries, honestly, like knowing that you don't have to be perfect, mm-hmm. well,
1: this is life <laughs> – Something is better than nothing. Yep, absolutely. And I always think it's like, this is practicing for when it's really hard. Like, I don't have children. i got nothing to complain about. So, you know, if you can do things when you're really busy and you can still commit to whatever you've said you're going to do, like, nothing can get in the way. And if anything, if you don't do these things, it's actually reinforcing that when things do get tough or when when challenges arise, that you're just going to default to what's easier because that's what our brain's always going to do. But it's not about the physical progress. It's not about, oh, well, I'm going to hit PBs today or... Smash this session. Like, if you just want to throw a big shirt on and just go to the gym, move your body, Mm. and you know, just put in 50% because that's what you've got access to, then do that. I love that. So, to all of our busy healthcare workers, we do have
0: 50% off the Busy Girl Challenge for you. But, Sherelle, where can we find you, your business, everything, your podcast? Where do we find you?
1: Well, I'm a little bit of everywhere, to be honest, but like all social media platforms, um, Sherelle Grant is the handle that you'll be able to look me up or the Women's Health Movement um, as well, where we do coaching for women. Um, Or if podcast is your thing as well, we also have a podcast called Level Up. I love it. Well, thank
0: you so much. Third time lucky for coming on. I appreciate you and your knowledge. And I know the community will too. So Mm. thank you very much. And I'm sure we're going to have you on again. So I'll see you soon. Looking forward to round four. (laughs) Thanks so much for joining us and we hope you loved today's episode. Make sure you follow our socials, chatwithus.podcast on Instagram and TikTok to stay up to date with all of our show info. Chat Chat soon.